and how a Vancouver Island man that came very close to a cougar in the backcountry. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. We start with some breaking news tonight about two male hikers that have been lost on the North Shore. Search crews say that the pair were separated this afternoon while hiking the Howe Sound Crest Trail near St. Mark's. One of the hikers is stuck in a gully, North Shore Search and Rescue, now using a helicopter to try and get this man out. They're using a long line rescue. They have tracked the other hiker who's now making his way back to the trail uh, with the help of rescuers on the ground. No injuries to either men. In a Vancouver West Side neighborhood, a speeding Mercedes slammed into a tree early this morning, killing the young driver inside. Grace Key has all the details. It was a horrifying collision in Vancouver's west side. According to witnesses, this car to go Mercedes went speeding eastbound down West 16th near Discovery when the driver lost control, veered off the road, crashed into a tree with the vehicle finally coming to a rest on its roof. It sounded like a million Christmas ornaments disintegrating. Woke me up from sleeping. There were so many sirens that were responding to this call. It happened just before one in the morning. Debris was scattered for several meters across the road. The driver, a 21-year-old UBC student, was trapped inside. Neighbors came rushing out when they heard the crash. I was out there looking for people that had been thrown out of the car maybe. I was screaming and it was dark. All of us were on the phone with 911. The engine was over there on fire. The driver was the only occupant. He died at the scene. Neighbors say this is a dangerous intersection with lots of speeders. I can't count how many times I've called 911 here. I've emailed my MLA asking to do something about this corner. I don't know what it is. This corner is, is dangerous. Actually, in this particular location, there's a speed trap by the school very, very regularly. And, but... For sure, people speed here excessively on a regular basis. The area was closed for several hours while police conducted their investigation. This is Vancouver's second fatal collision for 2018. Grace Key, Global News. I do want to tell you about another accident. Last night, a vehicle ended up flipping on a snowy highway in the Okanagan. Good Samaritans were caught on tape jumping in to save the man trapped inside. Global Okanagan's Kimberly Davidson reports. When a car flipped over in the middle of the highway on the Okanagan connector, people immediately stopped to help, including Mark Stebrell, who was traveling to Kelowna from Hope with his family. The road was compact and slippery. There was one person in the car and he was trapped. Trapped in his seatbelt, hanging upside down. The first people on scene called 911. The next brought out flares and acted as flaggers to warn drivers coming up to the crash. Sturborough says the man inside the vehicle was alert and talking. It wasn't until he released the seatbelt, and he did that himself, and then, uh, then he seemed to be in quite a bit of pain. Once the seatbelt was released, the driver still couldn't move, but now much of his weight was pushing on his neck. You could tell he was in pain, so then we were trying to get the back door open so that uh, we could get the stuff out and move the seat back just to give him some more room to get a little more comfortable. It's part of the human, human nature. You want to help. 
Tim Light is a platoon captain with the Kelowna Fire Department. He says it's okay to stop at the scene of an accident if first responders aren't there yet. The absolute very first thing is, is to ensure your own safety. Um, uh, just recently we've heard that a fella stopped to help and and was killed on, on the Coquihalla Highway. Light says the first thing to do is to call 911. Don't try to move someone if there's a chance they have a spinal injury and only help to your own level of first aid knowledge. The biggest thing in a car accident and something like that is, is the shock that, that the victim will, will be affected by. And for someone that's coming upon an accident, if you have a blanket in the car, talking calmly to the, to the patient, uh, reassuring them that that people are coming. The Good Samaritan helping out the driver involved in this rollover does exactly that. An ambulance arrives within minutes and secures the scene. Mark Stebrell says he's never been in a situation like that before, but he felt everyone who came along did their part to help. So I was pretty impressed. There is no word on the condition of the man involved in the crash. Kimberly Davidson, Global News, Kelowna. A desperate plea to end the culture of silence surrounding crime, especially violent crime, is coming from the family of a nightclub worker who was killed doing his job at a downtown Vancouver club. The family says they know that there are many witnesses out there who saw what happened but haven't come forward. As Kristen Robinson reports, that family being supported by another family who knows all too well what it means to lose a loved one to violence. We need to stop thinking that this is only one culture's problem. On what would have been Maple Battaglia's 26th birthday, a documentary screening on her short life sparking a community discussion on violence as her family is rocked by another senseless tragedy. We've lost another life, an innocent life to violence. And, you know, this is my cousin right here. And this is Chris's family right here. We're never going to get my sister Maple or Chris back. 23-year-old Cal Winder or Chris Thind loved life, but his ended on January 27th outside the Cabana Lounge on Granville when the nightclub promoter stepped in to try and stop a fight. Okay, it was pretty much an all-out brawl and we were just trying to break up. Manveer Dudwall was with Thind when he died but didn't see who stabbed his friend. Chris didn't come home that night to us, but hopefully maybe someone else can step up and you know prevent something like this from happening. It's hard. It's really hard. There's no words. Everything has changed. Thin's family is urging witnesses with information and video from that deadly night to come forward. Their plea getting a boost from the battalions. It's very disturbing and shocking. And it hurts a lot when you cannot face justice. Do you have anything to say? When's the last time you saw me? 19-year-old Maple Battaglia was executed in Surrey in 2011 by her ex-boyfriend Gurjinder Dhaliwal. The Battaglias waited an agonizing five years for justice for him and his accomplice, Gorzimer Beatty. The family is down the drain and somebody must come up and, and show the way to justice. I'm urging you to come forward. You not coming forward delays the case. It delays justice. It's so important to know what happened to him and that he gets justice. It's literally like the smallest thing. It could, it could help us get closure. It could serve justice for Chris because he really deserved it. Kristen Robinson, Global News. A candlelight vigil in Abbotsford today to mark the 11th anniversary of a tragedy. 
Dozens of people gathering at the Golden Tree Farm Workers Monument this afternoon to remember Sarabjit Kaur Sidhu, Amajit Bal and Sukhvinder Kaur Punya. On March the 7th of 2007, the three farm workers were killed while they were travelling to work in an overloaded van, that van crashing on Highway 1 near Abbotsford. Twelve others were hurt. The RCMP recommended criminal charges against the owner of the van, but no charges were ever laid. We learned a great deal from that terrible accident, and the transportation of farm workers is safer today. But there is still much that we need to do. Agriculture remains one of the most dangerous industries to work in. Since this tragic incident in 2007, 23 farm workers have died. I'm here with a renewed commitment, ensuring that what happened to these women never happened to any other worker in BC. I was really young when it happened, but um, just from observing the, the conditions, a lot of those vans have been taken off, um, off the highways and off of uh, workplace transportations. Um, I think that was a major thing that I saw. But, um, you know, it's like they said today, this has happened to 30 more workers, and that's not really something that's going to, wear, going to go away unless people really start taking that seriously. Now, yesterday, former Premier Dave Barrett was remembered in a state memorial. Today, friends and former colleagues gathering for a celebration of life. Premier John Horgan joining hundreds of others at an East Vancouver community centre to honour the man and the legacy he left behind. Barrett died last month after a long battle with Alzheimer's disease. He was 87 years old. We had a formal uh, memorial service in Victoria yesterday as part of the protocol office of the legislature. It was a wonderful event. Today is more of a gathering of the clan, people coming together, mostly New Democrats, to celebrate the life of a wonderful human being, a great leader, and someone we're all desperately going to miss. The families of the 58 people killed in last year's Las Vegas mass shooting will each receive a six-figure payout from a non-profit fund. What started as a GoFundMe page has now turned into over $40 million for victims. It's going to pay out $275,000 to the families of the 58 people killed. Four Canadians died on that night, including 23-year-old Jordan McElDoon from Maple Ridge. The man behind the massacre, Stephen Paddock, who fired at an unsuspecting crowd at a country music festival from his hotel room at the Mandalay Bay Hotel. A very close encounter with wildlife for a Vancouver Island man, and it was all caught on camera. Adam Barch captured this young cougar on video while he was out on a popular walking trail north of Campbell River on Thursday. Now, he was looking for antlers that had been shed by local deer when he felt, he said, like he was being watched. When he looked up, there was that big cat eyeballing him. The cougar tracked him for about an hour, his wife describing how her husband felt. This is the first time that this has happened to him. We personally know of at least 40 different cougars that frequent the Campbell River area, travel with a stick or even a knife or a machete. Um, my personal uh, number one uh, safety and defense is to wear a backpack. Still ahead tonight, how a masked mob went on a rampage in a southern Ontario town, the damage that's been caused and what is being said about the motive behind this attack. Plus, remembering sports legend Roger Bannister and his historic run here in Vancouver. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
Good evening. I'm Kelly Meadows in Global One above Highway 17A overpass and Highway 99 on the approach to the Massey Tunnel. As you can see, very light volume this evening for both north and southbound travelers out of Delta. Same thing for Richmond. You're seeing absolutely no delays again. Just another beautiful sunset this evening. March is truck month at Chevrolet. Visit your local dealer and get up to $11,000 in total value on the capable 2018 Silverado Double Cab Custom Edition. In Global One above the Massey Tunnel, I'm Kelly Meadows. Welcome back. Well, with the Canada Rugby Sevens games are only about a week away, some children enjoying playing the game for themselves today. More than 200 children from across the Lower Mainland taking part in the Youth Rugby Jamborees. It's a chance to introduce the game to a new generation. Our very own Chris Galis, a huge rugby fan, of course, also getting into some action there. There's also a chance to meet up with some Canadian national players, including Olympic bronze medalist and Canadian rugby seven star Jen Kish. They're laughing and they're having fun and uh, they're throwing the ball around with their friends and they're meeting new people. And um, rugby is a very inclusive sport and um, you don't really need a specific skill to play the sport. You just need a pair of cleats and, and a good attitude and I think these kids uh, are nailing it. Tributes from around the world are pouring in for a sports legend. Britain's Roger Bannister, the first person to run a mile in under four minutes, has passed away. Tanya Beja now has more on why he will always be remembered right here in Vancouver. His time was three minutes, 59.4 seconds. Roger Bannister broke a record and became a legend when he ran a mile under four minutes. What an achievement for Bannister and Britain. That was one of those feats that people just didn't think was possible. It was May 1954 in Oxford, England, when Bannister made his mark. Six weeks later, Australian John Landy became the second man to beat the barrier. Then in August, the two met at Vancouver's Empire Stadium for what was billed as the race of the century. We are away and running. It was electric. <laughs> the stadium was jam-packed. It was just like the biggest event that ever had occurred here up to that point. Landy took an early lead, but Bannister passed on the outside as Landy peered over his shoulder. Bannister is kicking very definitely. He's passing Landy. Landy looks the wrong way. He was looking to see where third place was, <laughs> so how close it was to him, because he realized that uh, he was going to get past. That moment in the Miracle Mile captured forever at Empire Field. It's a wow artifact. It's something people really do want to see. The stopwatch that timed the race on display at BC Sports Hall of Fame. It really was the first big multi-sport event that Vancouver hosted. So it really did put us on the map internationally and it showed uh, decades later that we were ready to host the world in all sorts of different events. Bannister went on to become a neurologist and returned to Vancouver half a dozen times over the years, including a visit for the 94 Commonwealth Games. His success and inspiration to the athletes who followed. You know, you must set a goal and go for it. I mean, you, you're not going to get somewhere by thinking it can't be done. Roger Bannister passed away Saturday at the age of 88. Tanya Beja, Global News. Mm, great story and a lot of tributes. You know what? One of the greatest moments in Vancouver sports history, uh, when you go back, 
It might have changed in 2010 with the golden goal by Sidney Crosby, but that still stands out for a lot of people. For sure. Good to have you here, by the way, in for Barry tonight, Chanel. Uh, We'll get to you in a second, but first, let's uh, talk weather with Yvonne right now. Yeah, so a bit of a mixed bag, depending on where you were this morning. We did see reports, uh, saw a few photos and tweets as well, so thanks so much. Uh, We saw hail isolated, also a few flurries, higher elevations. We will have a similar weather picture. It remains unsettled leading into the beginning of our work week, but there is a break on the way. The return for some sunshine, I'll have the timing of that coming up very shortly. All right. Well, that's good news. All right. And what about uh, sport? What's happening? Well, that's some good news for the Whitecaps. Uh, they drew the largest crowd ever to see an opener, just under 28,000. Really? Uh, all the fans left uh, pretty happy. A 2-1 victory for uh, the Caps. We'll show you the highlights. Uh, Alfonso Davies, the 17-year-old sensation, uh, a big part of both goals. So we'll talk about that. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks find out one of their players is out for the season, or likely out. We'll tell you who that is. And uh, we'll look back at last night, BC Girls High School Championships. We'll show you uh, highlights from all those games. All right. Good stuff. Uh, that is all coming up in the next few minutes. Plus, after nearly five years in Toronto, the Pandas... Are you ready for this? Oh, no, Yeah, they're getting ready to say goodbye to Canada. We'll tell you where they're heading to next. And... The warning from the Trump administration that Canada will not be exempt from any steel tariffs. Good evening, I'm Kelly Meadows in Global One above the Alex Fraser Bridge where Highway 91 traffic is very light this evening for both north and southbound travelers. As you make your way northbound out of Delta, you're looking good for 64th, 72nd, Nordell, all problem-free. And for southbound traffic, the east-west connector is problem-free as well. March is truck month at Chevrolet. Visit your local dealer and get up to $11,000 in total value on the capable 2018 Silverado Double Cab Custom Edition. In Global One above the Alex Fraser Bridge, I'm Kelly Meadows. Welcome back. Well, it's a scene that people in Hamilton said that they never expected to see. A masked mob making their way through the streets, smashing windows and lighting fireworks, causing more than $100,000 worth of damage. Global Toronto's Erica Vella reports. What's going on? Smoke bombs, fireworks as well as they had rocks that they were throwing at vehicles. Chaotic. They were all in complete black from their shoes to their heads. They had like balaclavas on. So it was around 10 p.m. on Saturday evening that approximately 30 people were walking down this street here in Hamilton. They were vandalizing storefronts and they were carrying a sign that said, we are the ungovernables. We got hit pretty hard, so it was pretty devastating. Ruben Vanderquack says calls and messages came pouring in on Saturday night. We rushed down here and found all the windows out. Several storefronts in Hamilton are left with broken windows and their confidence shattered. I don't know what they were doing or what they were trying to say. Um, I mean, if they if they had a message, it, it's not really coming across. These were cr- criminals committing criminal acts. Police are continuing to investigate and looking into any connection to a weekend anarchist book fair happening a short distance from Lock Street. We do know that there was an anarchist uh, book fair uh, going on in Hamilton at Westdale High School over the weekend, so we are uh, investigating to see if there's any potential links to any, any people attending that. When Global News went to speak with the organizers, they refused to comment. Is there any sort of connection into... Do you want to answer any questions? 
The community is bonding together, focusing their efforts on fixing the damage. Lock Street is one of our uh, highlighted streets in terms of uh, the success story that Hamilton is, and certainly we shouldn't allow this to dampen the, uh, the great success that's happening right throughout our city. The community is planning to have a day dedicated to the popular street. And I'm inviting people to come back to the street next Saturday. I'm, I'm hoping people will love Lock on Saturday. To spread just that message love and support for those impacted by the seemingly senseless damage and destruction. Erica Vela, Global News. An investigation underway into a train that derailed, causing severe delays in Ontario last night. Now angry passengers are hoping to see some financial compensation after a crash that left them stranded for hours. An alarming sight near Highway 15 and John Scott Road Saturday afternoon as the CN Trail was traveling westbound when two cars near the back derailed. The train was carrying paper and the incident didn't involve any harmful goods or lead to any injuries. I spoke with Jocelyn Young, Public Affairs Manager at Canadian National Railway, and she says CN crews were hard at work all day Saturday and into overnight on Sunday. The train tracks opened up at 2.30 this morning for operation, but CN crews are still on site wrapping up. This did cause a lot of inconvenience for passengers that were supposed to travel on Via Rail between Toronto and Ottawa. The company says there were about 647 passengers on trains at the time of the derailment and more than a thousand customers were affected by the delay. It's not really frustrating, it's more of like an inconvenience for a lot of people, mostly just people who are just uh, going out for March break. Gary Nock was at Via Rail Kingston Saturday evening inquiring about travel options for his girlfriend who was supposed to arrive from Montreal. Her only option to actually come visit me was to either drive here or not at all. Via Rail released a statement saying customers have a choice of a full refund or exchange for a later travel date at the same rate they purchased their tickets. Via Rail's operation is back to normal today. We spoke with the public affairs team at Canadian National Railway and they said they don't have any details on the cause of the incident just yet. Sharmin Samani, CKWS News, Kingston. A possible trade dispute is heating up today after comments made by the White House that Canada will not be exempt from U.S. tariffs. On Thursday, President Donald Trump announcing a 25% tariff on steel imports and 10% duty on aluminum, something that expects to be top of mind tomorrow when NAFTA talks uh, resume in Mexico. Canada isn't the only one protesting the move. Many other U.S. allies hoping that there would be exemptions made to respect current trade relationships. British Prime Minister Theresa May telephoned President Trump Sunday to reportedly express deep concern about Mr. Trump's threat to tax European-made cars. That call came after the European Union said it would increase taxes on American-made products if the U.S. moves forward with its plan to tax steel and aluminum imports. This will cause huge damage across broad sectors of the economy. On Sunday morning news shows, business leaders and politicians expressed dismay over the impending trade war. China wins when we fight with Europe. China wins when the American consumer has higher prices because of tariffs that don't affect Chinese behavior. 
President Trump tweeted that he's imposing tariffs on steel and aluminum imports to protect the American worker and the steel industry. But a senator from Maine says his constituents depend on foreign steel from Canada. In the last 24 hours, I've heard from two small companies in Maine that use steel. Uh, one of them has already seen about an 8% increase in the price that they're going to be charged for the steel that they use to fabricate things. The Commerce Department has been credited with creating the tariff plan after a thorough review. So with the whole year of preparation, I don't know why anybody should have been so shocked. Secretary Wilbur Ross added that the American people should take the president at his word that these tariffs were a campaign promise and that the president has proven so far that he intends to keep those promises. Laura Podesta, CBS News. Italy is waiting for final results of their election, but exit polls suggest it is likely there won't be a clear winner. Former Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi's centre-right coalition is set to win the most seats, uh, but will still be far below the number needed for a majority government. The anti-establishment five-star movement in second place. Full results are expected to come in in a few hours. In Germany, Angela Merkel has found the support she needs to hold on to a fourth term as chancellor. Her party lost critical seats in September's election and needed the country's social democrats to renew a coalition deal in order to re retain power. The deal ends six months of political uncertainty, which has been the longest period without a government in Germany's post-war history. Incredible video showing the damage caused by a deadly storm that slammed the U.S. east coast this weekend. This is just how powerful this storm was that has battered six states, killing at least nine people. More than a million people from Virginia to Massachusetts are still without power. Officials saying it could be days before everything is back on again. Lots of major roads became impassable, uh, which ended up hampering cleanup efforts out there. Wind also creating a nightmare for firefighters as they tried to gain control of a brush fire burning in Colorado. Several homes have been destroyed in that area. Uh, that is under mandatory evacuation orders now. Neighbors came together to try to get some spooked horses to safety as that fire consumed a barn just a few meters away. The Toronto Zoo is getting ready to say goodbye to their two giant pandas. Urshan and Damao have been a big hit with crowds since they arrived in 2013. But in a few days, they will be heading to their new home. That is in Calgary. Toronto's mayor calling the pandas a global symbol for conservation efforts and also hoping that people were able to reflect on that during their visit. The panda is the sort of global symbol for conservation because uh, it's meant to show that we've taken a beautiful species like that that everybody loves and uh, almost wiped them out. So I hope that uh, people have had fun seeing them, but I hope they've got a message from that too that we have to do a better job, um, you know, making sure we protect all of these animals, including some of our very own right here in, uh, in Ontario. All right, up next, the girl who loves pandas here. Yvonne is here with your weather forecast plus... Our major broadcast network got it so very wrong. The mix-up involving director Kevin Smith with the actor Kevin James. Stay with us. Monday on Global News Morning, Canucks President Trevor Linden joins us to talk a little hockey. And he also gives us some training tips to help us get ready for the upcoming sun run. We'll see you then. You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
right, just some breaking news now and uh, what we were telling you about earlier. One of the two male hikers lost on the North Shore has now been airlifted out of the pretty steep terrain out there. Search crews said that the pair were separated this afternoon while hiking the House Sound Crest Trail near St. Mark's. Uh, one of the hikers was stuck in a gully. North Shore Search and Rescue were able to pull him out using a long line rescue before night fell moments ago. He appears to be okay. They have tracked the other hiker who is now making his way back to the trail with the help of rescuers on the ground. Uh, luckily, no injuries to either men. All right, we have got a tale of the two Kevins coming up, but first... Yvonne with the weather. Yes, uh, a nice break today depending on where you are across Metro Vancouver. But we are still going to hang on to some instability for the beginning of the work week. And I'll show you why in just a moment. At glance at some of our temperatures, here's the beautiful tower cam shot overlooking English Bay. We're sitting at 6 degrees with an easterly wind at 15 kilometers per hour. Our high today was at 7, still slightly below the average for this time of the year that sits at 9. And a record on the Almanac, 17 degrees, was set back in 1937. A very happy birthday this evening to Helen Eggersman from Qualicum Beach celebrating 105. So congratulations to you and I hope you've had a wonderful day. Back to the forecast and what we are tracking. A few of the numbers right now are sitting to the west at 4 degrees, 6 out of the airport, 3 for areas near Coquitlam. Good evening into Pitt Meadows with your current temperature at 5, 6 for Tawasson and areas stretching in towards the valley. Temperatures already sitting at 2 with areas near Hope sitting at 1. Along the island, 7 for Victoria. 5 for Comox, 5 for Port Hardy. Areas into the interior with Kelowna at minus 2 and Prince George for the central interior with your current temperature at minus 10. We do still have some instability. Southern sections, isolated showers stretching in towards the valley. Higher elevations, if we do see any moisture, we could see wet flurries and we will hang on to that cloud cover. It's all courtesy of a cold front that's actually sinking its way towards the south. Most of the mountain passes this evening still seeing anywhere between 2 and up to 5 centimeters and the interior will hang on to that cloud cover with the valley bottoms, body, bottoms rather, seeing the potential for some flurry activity late in the day for tomorrow. So there is instability on the future cast, but after tomorrow, we are going to see a nice clearing. Ridge is going to start to build in and the return for some sunshine. For the piece, we are seeing some flurries with temperatures at minus 11 and then the return for some sunshine for both Tuesday and Wednesday. Whitehorse, very chilly overnight at minus 21, minus 10 is the high with dry conditions over the next three Dames. Coastal sections could see some wet flurries, temperatures at 5, still remaining unsettled for Tuesday, and then it eases off on Wednesday with drier conditions and temperatures bumping up. Caribou and Central Interior should still remain dry for tomorrow. It's on Tuesday, late in the day, that we're going to start to see some flurries pushing into your region. Most of the Columbia and Kootenai region, it's flurries, not much in terms of accumulation. Temperatures will be at 4 and then warming up to 7 degrees midweek on Wednesday. The Thompson Okanagan will see cloud cover for tomorrow. Flurries developing towards the evening and then dry and sunny once again for Tuesday and leading into Wednesday. Whistler still seeing some flurry activity, temperatures up to 3 degrees. Sunshine making a return for Tuesday and Wednesday. And across the island will hang on to that cloud cover. Southern and eastern sections for tomorrow will be bumping up to 9 degrees. Most areas across Metro Vancouver will remain dry. A greater chance of showers will be for eastern sections and stretching in towards the Fraser Valley. Sunny and dry once again for our Tuesday and unsettled later on in the week. For tomorrow, temperatures still climbing up to a high of around 7 degrees. Sonia? Brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Yvonne. All right. Apparently, the Disney Channel thinks that director Kevin Smith is also the actor Kevin James. 
Last week, Smith, who's known for directing the movie Clerks and local TV productions, suffered a heart attack. So he was sent some special cookies by the Disney Channel, but with a note wishing him a speedy recovery. So when you get to the bottom of that, it says, get well soon, Kevin James. James is currently starring in the series Kevin Can Wait. Smith joked about it, posting on Instagram that he often gets mistaken for James, but this just won the prize for the funniest gift. Now, the story of a woman in Winnipeg who made it her mission to see the greenest side of her city. She has set out to visit all 1,335 parks in a single year. It could go down in the record books as one of the smallest victory laps ever. But for teacher Julie Novitka, it's not about the glamour. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, running around the city of Winnipeg like a crazy person. Last year, she set out to explore her own city after returning home from traveling. I basically would just map out small pockets or areas on my Google Maps. And then, you know, go out for a bike ride and catch 20 or 30 at a time. But what started out as a small goal, running or biking through every Winnipeg park, soon turned into an 11th month trek through 1,335 locations. From more well-known places like Garden Drive Park, to the small Billy McCann Memorial Park across the city, to this tiny open green space in St. Vital. Navitka made it her goal to visit and to document all of the parks and green spaces this city is home to. Some of them are just boulevards. Some of them are dirty riverbanks behind industrial buildings. Some of them are in back lanes, I'm not quite sure, or like a traffic circle. But bigger, small, lush or, well, Lord Avenue Park Navitka has ticked them all off her list. Corden Community Center, the very first one. Whether it was summer, you know, 30 degrees summer or 35 below, she was out there and that's just what she does. It doesn't really surprise me anymore. And with this journey complete, Navitka is already setting her sights on her next task. But this time, she'll probably drive. Tim Brook, Global News. Hmm. All right, the Whitecaps kicking off a new season. There's a fantastic opening game for them. Plus, how an officer and his dog came to the rescue of this little hare at an Irish airport. Stick around for that, too. Serious accusations. He put his hands down my pants and fought on my genitals. Five years old. Yeah. That a local school failed to protect the victim and others. Monday on Global News Hour at 6. Giant moves, giant shots, giant hits, and all of the giant action on Global News Sports. All right, if you're a White Cap, uh, Whitecaps fan, you will be celebrating <laughs> loads right now. Yeah, you know what? It, you know, it, a lot of, lot of excitement for this team this season, yeah. but there were a lot of changes as well. But so far, so good. But it's just one game right now. Thanks, Sonia. Oh, yeah. uh, during the offseason, the Whitecaps underwent major surgery, a facelift that saw more than half the roster turned over 11 player changes, including a new striker in Kai Kamara. A quality goal scorer is something this club has been missing since the departure of Camillo a couple of years ago. Now, we should also see teenage sensation Alfonso Davies take on a bigger role this season, and we saw exactly that this afternoon at a sold-out BC place. 27,837 fans, the biggest crowd ever for a home opener. Now, we're going back to 1974 at uh, 
Empire Stadium as well. So not much going on. 26th minute. Great chance for Jordi Reina, who gets set up from Davies. But his uh, right footer just misses the mark. 31st minute, the impact with a chance. But watch the captain, Kendall Waston, with the bicycle kick clearance. He'll be going to the World Cup, most likely with Costa Rica. The heart and soul of this team, nil-nil at the break. 53rd minute, things heat up in the second half. Davies with the perfect delivery to Kamara. Gets the header, his first as a white cap, his 99th career goal in the MLS. 1-0 Vancouver, 60th minute, Kristen Teixeira with the break. He centers to Davies, and there it is, his first MLS goal of his career. First of many. The kid couldn't be happier. That would give Vancouver a 2-0 lead, and things look pretty good for the home side. But Montreal would make it interesting in the 81st minute. Daniel Lovitz crossed Mateo Mancuso with the fabulous header. Defense a little bit sloppy there. So 2-1 with about nine minutes to go. And a few minutes later, the same combo almost with the, the tying goal. Bad defending by the Whitecaps. A late scare, but Vancouver would hold on to a 2-1 victory to open up 2018. And after the game, all the talk was about kid sensation. Carl Robinson's he's good. He's a good player. He's a very, very good young player, and you know there, there are very good young players all over. Uh, it's important you manage him correctly. Um, but when he does that, you want him to play every minute. And like I said, he he done his work today. He put a shift in. We know he's got quality, and it's about consistency because young players go up and down. Senior players go up and down in their form. So it's important we manage him correctly. But he's got himself off to a very good start. All right. Some bad news for the Canucks, as Travis Green confirmed today. Uh, Sven Berchi has a separated shoulder and is likely done for the season. Now, this injury is the latest setback for Berchi, who missed 11 games earlier this season with a broken jaw. Now, it happened early in the second period of Friday night's game as he took a hard hit from Predators defenseman Alexei Yemelin. He left the game, did not return. Now, through 53 games, he has 14 goals, 15 assists. Now, the forward is expected to become a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Now, with Berchi's injury, we could see the Canucks debut of UC Jokinen tomorrow night. He skated on the first line with the Sedins, and Nikolai Goldoman will likely be the odd man out versus the Islanders. Now, Vancouver will look to snap a three-game losing streak at Rogers Arena. Now, here's a look ahead at this week. The Islanders are here on Monday. The Coyotes roll in on Wednesday, and then uh, Minnesota comes in Friday before the Canucks play six of the next seven on the road. Action from the NHL today. The Avalanche taking on the Predators. Both teams beating the Canucks last week. We'll pick it up tied at one in the second period. Kyle Turris with a big one-timer. Finds its way past traffic. 2-1 for Nashville on Turris's 12th of the season. We go to overtime and watch Philip Forsberg going end-to-end. Goes wide and this shot ends it. Yeah, a bit of a weak one. Preds win 4-3 is the final in that one. WHL scoreboard. couple of games this afternoon involving BC teams. Uh, the Giants get uh, smacked at home 6-1 to Everett, while Kootenay loses also at home to Medicine Hat. All right, stick around. Coming up, uh, we look back at a fabulous night of girls' high school basketball at the LEC and one of the great finishes to a golf tournament. You have to see what happened to believe this one. Highlights coming up after the break. 
Welcome back, everyone. The BC Boys High School Championships get underway this coming week at the Langley Event Centre. Four tournaments taking place, including the Quad A's. Last night, the girls' champions were crowned at the LEC. We'll show you highlights from some of the games. Packed Arena, Township of Langley's Walnut Grove. And the number 15 seed, Fraser Heights Firehawks from Surrey. The championship game of the weekend, massive underdogs. Uh, trying to pull off the upset was the 15th seed, but the Gators needed a big final two minutes. Fania Taylor named MVP. Gators beat Fraser Heights 61-54. Next up, we have... And Jonas Valanciunas. Actually, we won't show you the others. I'll tell you afterwards. Let's go to the Raptors game, taking on the Hornets. Uh, Raptors 25-5, the best home record in the league. That's DeMar DeRozan doing some damage. And then Pascal Siakam with a big dunk. Toronto would lead 52-43 at the half. Charlotte would actually make a game of this one down the stretch. Closing it to within a couple of points. But Toronto would hang on. DeMar with the hoop and the arm. Raptors win their fourth straight. 103-98 was the final. All right, WGC Championship. Phil Mickelson hasn't won since 2013. He was in the mix. Adam Hadwin on his second hole. He would birdie the first three. Great approach shot. He would make birdie there. On the fifth, another birdie here. He would finish with a 66 tied for ninth. Some nice pocket change as he takes home 180,000 U.S. Justin Thomas on 18, tied for the lead. Until he does this. He's at minus 14. 72nd hole. And watch the spin. And it comes back and drops for the eagle. Maybe the shot of the year. For him to do that on the 72nd hole is incredible. So now he has a two-shot lead. But here comes Phil Mickelson. He would birdie 15. And then on 16, a chance to get level. And he does exactly that. Minus 16 for both players, so they would need a playoff, two-player playoff. First hole, lefty with a chance to win it, and he comes oh so close to doing it. So Thomas needs to make par to force another playoff hole, but he slides it by. Phil Mickelson wins this one, his first win in 97 tournaments. Some EPL action to show you. The Carabao Cup from uh, the first piece of hardware for Man City. Next up will be the Premiership title. City taking on Chelsea. The only goal of the game. Bernardo Silva with the finish. 14th straight win. Home win for City. They would open up an 18-point lead. City can wrap up the title at home as early as April 7th. And finally, Arsenal. Bit of a free fall. Who knows, maybe we don't see Arsene Wenger come back after this season. Seventh minute, taking on Brighton Albion. That is Lewis Dunk making it 1-0 in the sixth minute, or early on. And then in the 26th minute, Brighton goes up a couple of goals. Lovely cross to Glenn Murray. 2-1. Arsenal falls to sixth in the standings. Gunners eight points out of a championship berth. And uh, just uh, a quick score update from uh, the Briar. Uh, you have uh, BC losing again today, so they're 0-2 to start the uh, curling championships. Oh, okay. All right, thank you very much for that, Chanel. Uh, we'll take a short break. Be back in a couple.
minutes, that is. Four <laughs> <Or> seconds. <laughs> Giant moves, giant shots, giant hits, and all the giant action on Global News Sports. Here's a look at your snow report. Whistler Blackcomb with a base of 315, Grouse 448, Cypress 425, and Sasquatch 396. Revelstoke with 24 new centimeters of snow and a base of 279. Manning Park 222, Powder King 285, and Mount Washington 243. Big White with a base of 319, Silver Star 274, Sun Peaks 234, and Apex 294. All right, finally tonight, a special rescue at a Dublin airport may just be the most adorable moment caught on camera this weekend. A sharp-eyed airport officer and dog spotted a nearly frozen baby hare in the deep snow that they've had out there yesterday. Um, the little thing hopping towards the canine unit looking for help. Uh, she was picked up and carried to safety. Airport staff later tweeting that image out saying that they've now named her Emma and she'll be released back into the wild after she recovers. They've also released footage of Emma getting her first feed as you just saw and another image of the rescue dog Lou in a photo bomb <laughs> with Emma. He's quite happy. He's pretty proud of what he's just done. Very adorable. I'm sure the person that recorded that probably had that on their Instagram story, right? Like right away. Right? <laughs> yes, like you. I've just put you on my Instagram story right now. You guys are so that hip. Out. We're trying to get you into Instagram and it's social so media sometimes. Right? Chanel. We're I'll just post showing pictures, you the way. but I just don't understand the storyboards. And okay, we'll work on I one think, right now. Okay. Yeah, right the on old dots on you on Instagram if you want to see. <laughs> nice cheap the plug there. Um, yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, Weather wise, <laughs> what is happening in terms of what we've got to look out for? Look at look what you did to you. <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. Uh, mainly cloudy tomorrow. We are looking at a chance of showers. If we do see showers to the east, uh, higher elevations could see some wet flurries. Back to some sunshine on Tuesday and late Wednesday. We are looking at a change on the way. But there are some sunny breaks. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you back here tonight at Good 11. Night.